Hello, good evening and welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host Scott Monroe. Welcome to episode 241. Happy happy Saturday evening. We are recording an hour and five or an hour and change after the the latest Roma game against Hadas Verona. Um, with me this evening, I've just got Joey. How are you? Good. How are you, Scott? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, I was supposed to be at a game today, but it got called off yesterday afternoon due to the very cold weather we got here in the UK. Um, it got to minus nine on Thursday morning when I was walking into work. It was minus five yesterday when I was walking into work, and it was a little bit chilly today. Um, how about in your neck of the woods of Canada? Uh, it's normally around the same. I was going to say you guys are getting Canadian weather. Uh We've been getting minus anywhere between minus, I would say, eight and minus 15 for the last few days with just a bunch of snow. And like I always complain to Scott, it's just it's it's terrible every winter, barely any sun. There's snow everywhere. You always have to dig out your car, at least for me. So, yeah, but then you anywhere between eight and minus eight, and minus 15. But that's that's pretty normal for us here in Canada. It wasn't normal for me walking in with a cold nose into work oh, on, yeah. on Thursday with the cold weather. But no, um, we had a cold snap. And I think quite a few football games today got called off in the UK. I, like I said I, earlier, I was supposed to be at one. I was quite thankful we got called off because the weather had been quite bad. <clears throat> and there was an under-18s game where Swindon beat Manchester United on Tuesday night, 2-0. And the pitch, what I saw, was not great. So I'm not surprised it got called off. And then our groundsman put on social media the weather for the week. And it was like, my highest was like 2 degrees, lowest was like minus 9. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Pray for all groundsmen here in the UK in this horrible weather cold snap that we're having but enough of me digressing and talking uh on a tangent about the cold weather and about uh groundsmen and uh, frozen pitches um we're here to talk about roma 2 hellas verona 1 the rossi ball starting with a, a w it got a little bit too nervy right near the end where it didn't need to be due to Hellas Verona being more brave and also Roman not reacting and probably the intensity in the second half not being great. They could have could have dropped points, had a missed penalty from Milan Juric thinking it was Six Nations rugby and just hitting it over the bar. Um, follow Runcho scoring from about 40 yards out thanks to a god-awful goalkeeping mistake from Rui Patricia where he was a knuckleball but he pulled off a good save right near the end to block a shot but overall sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe shit that was the perfect way to put it Scott the first half was was absolutely brilliant and you can hear De Rossi saying veloce veloce so saying go quick 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 and even if you um, read his post-match press conference he says it you got to move the ball quick and obviously be unpredictable, but every when you slow down, it makes it harder to break down opponents. So he's going to really try to instill that on the players. So from there, we had a wonderful first half. I mean, not many games this year we can say we scored two goals in under 25 minutes and had a boatload of chances. And uh, But we'll still have the problems, right? I mean, finishing is, is not something Roma has been great at recently, so they will miss some chances. But 
ultimately that that first half was brilliant. And then we come into the second half. Um, I think a bit of a change in structure too. I think Chris, uh, Christensen played just a little more of a fullback center back role. He kind of stayed deeper, didn't push up as much. And you could tell they kind of dropped off offensively. I think the intensity sort of got to them in their stamina. Um, I think under Mourinho, they prefer to play low ball, low block, obviously a lot slower. I don't find they have as much intensity or they're told to play as much with intensity at the beginning and maybe be more intensive at the end. Whereas the Rossi, they were intensive, you know, at the start and they kind of dropped off. So they're not used to playing uh, for me. Anyways, they're not used to playing. I, I find intense in the way they played that first half for the whole game. So it's going to take that some time to build that up. And that's what I was saying. Athletic conditions, stamina, that will really help them um, going forward. But I mean, it's three points and it was a bit more of attractive football for us. So it, it's hard to complain in the end besides, you know, Patricio's uh, howler that he made. And hopefully De Rossi's taking notes of this because that really pulled uh, Verona back into the game. So, like you said, sometimes maybe good the first half, sometimes maybe shit the second half. But I, I think Roma give them some time. They'll they'll try to complete more, you know, ninety minute games and fin- finish off teams earlier. But again, promising starts from them and getting De Rossi's first win. It's cliche as it sound, Rome as it sounds. Sorry, Rome wasn't built in a day. It's going to take time. Um, but on that first half vertical attacking football i had tears in my eyes i really enjoyed the first half like like i put the gif out on um from the office on the on the on the account that was really good attractive football to watch it was quick one touch around the corner attacking football and the intensity was there. You got to see it with the two goals. Like Stefan Alcerari was a part of both goals. And he played a really good game at left left attacker of a front three. Because it was a 4-3-2-1. So a midfield of Paredes, Bove and Pellegrini. With Dybala off right, Alcerari off left and Lukaku through in the middle. And it was Karsdorp, Lorente, Hoysen and Spinazzola, who got taken off after an injury. And then Christensen, who did an OK job, did a good defensive job because uh, it looked like a hybrid of a three in possession with Karsdorp a little bit higher up to get the attacking flow. And, um, and you could see the diagonal was on all the time, all the time. So it, I think you got to see that with Spinazzola as well. In the first half, before he got taken off injured, he was playing in a three. So he would be playing a little bit defensively and Karsdorp was more the attacking fullback. I don't mind it. I think we got to see that a little bit under Fonseca before he switched to a back three um, in that COVID season of 1920. But overall, I was quite impressed with the first half. As you said, with the second half, do you think fitness is down to it as well? Yes, it is. I, I think their, their pressing patterns... Um... Or, or off as well. I mean, that's one of Mourinho's strength that he always focused on. So when you have another coach that, you know, doesn't maybe have the experience or that's not, um, let's say, his strongest asset in coaching, like you'll see it. Their pressing patterns were were off. They they gave they gave more space to Verona than I, I like to see or 
that I was uh, hoping not to see. So, but yeah, I think stamina played a part in it. Uh, I, I haven't seen them even with the wins they have. I honestly, Scott, it's not a dig on Mourinho. Again, different style of coaching. Mm-hmm. I just think it's the first uh, time we've seen Roma this intense in the first half in a long, long time. And I, I think, yeah, you're right. Part of it they dropped off was due to their stamina. Yeah, I think fitness pay, played a, a massive part in the second half. You could see um, Roma decided, not decided, Roma sat deeper and deeper. Even at 2-0, it was a, a four and then a bank of three. And then the two behind Lukaku a bit further upfield. But like I said, I liked what I saw in the first half. Second half was just like that intensity dropped, what, 10, 15%? And it just brought Hellas Verona into the game because Baroni made some very smart changes. He brought on uh, the ex-Salanitana striker from Inter, Bonazzoli, to partner Durich. And it caused Roma some problems. Um, do you want to talk about the penalty incident? Because you see it week in, week out in not only in Italy, but I see it here in England and across Europe. It looks dodgy. I'm not going to lie. I thought Hellas Verona did have a goal ruled out a little bit harshly. I thought that was a little bit soft. Because if that was happened at the other end, I would be, would be complaining. But for the penalty, Lorente's got his back turned. His whole body shape is like away. Jurich is all over Christensen. And I, I thought that could have been a foul. Because if that happened in the middle of the pitch, that was a foul. And it was he's only like a yard away. But we see these penalties given quite often. I don't really understand it no more. Not and neither do I. I think they're uh, they're just calling every single ball that touches uh, the opponent's hand as a penalty. Like I find again, we're we're so inconsistent on what's a penalty, what's not, and what the fans think of the penalty and what the refs think are a penalty. I think are t- are to- two totally different things. Urente's um, back is completely turned, not even looking at the ball because he actually looked at the ball that that went over him. So, and his back's completely turned. I mean, you got to use your arms to obviously give you leverage to jump. And he's not even like, he's a complete 180 from where the ball is. And Jurich is a, Jurich is a yard away and it hits him in the arm, literally a yard away. And they call that a penalty. For me, it's not a penalty. Uh, definitely not a penalty. And again, we don't know. We don't know what goes through the refs and what Vars mind, but it, it seems, Scott, honestly, that they just they just really call any ball that hits the hand. They just honestly seventy to eighty percent of them they call them, which to me it's not right. Well, he didn't call one in the first half, did he? No, that's yet? the that's the yeah. other twenty percent because the ball was literally stuck to the to the player's arm. Uh, I mean, I you're right, but I think they. I don't. They seem to favor calling more penalties on handballs than not because some of these are just, it's just terrible to watch. It's just I don't know what I'm watching. I would never think it's a penalty, and lo and behold, it is a penalty. The only time they don't call 
a penalty for a ball away from the hand is a European final game. So they do it in a regular Serie A game, but they don't do it in a European final. So again, no consistency from the refs and no clarification on what consists of a penalty from a handball. So I don't know. For me, it wasn't a penalty. The Anthony Taylor special, because I watched the Liverpool-Chelsea game in August and he didn't give one there in that game at Stamford Bridge. But Magnani... He blocked an Al Sharari shot and then had to go off injured because he was shaking his hand. That was baffling. Yeah, it was. It was. He but ringing his hand. Either. But yeah, it certainly was. ringing his hand. And I was just like, what? It, I know it's like. I watch, I've been watching football 30 years now. Uh, at times, I still don't know the rules. Like, I don't know what's going on because they change it so much and the inconsistency is just, it's baffling. There was a, there was a game, was it the Sassuolo game a couple of weeks ago against Fiorentina with a disallowed goal? Oh, yes. Yeah, it was with uh, Pedersen, right? Yeah, that yeah. was, oh my God. I swear they looked like we, we, we both talk on WhatsApp and, and I see other people saying it on social media. I swear, just VAR are just looking for mistakes and just trying to make the game a lot worse and less efficient. But Milan Juric missed the penalty. He thought he was taking a conversion for Italy in the Six Nations. And then Rui, <laughs> Patricio, Rui Patricio was celebrating like he saved it, which is a first. Um but then he let in a, a, a goal from follower and show from about Alec. 35, 40 yards with a knuckleball. And let Sally too on top of that. Was there a foul in the build-up with Bove? I I, I th- certainly think there was. He got... Said, uh, yeah, he, he got blocked off, Scott, I think. But again, we, we shouldn't be allowing that goal. And that's to me, that's totally on Patricio. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what brought them back into the game and what started making it a nervy second half for Roma because besides that, before that goal, I maybe Roma's attacking intensity dropped, but I, I don't think they were conceding too much, to, in no, my opinion. Weren't. No, they weren't. There was they were quite comfortable. There was a <coughs> there was a couple of times when they tried to play it out from the back where Verona tried to press a little bit higher, but apart from that they it was nothing, but then that long distance effort swerved in like a knuckleball, and it just brought Hannes Verona into a bit into the game and made the last fifteen minutes or so a little bit nervy and unnecessary. It did, and that's the blame where it put on Patricio because he's the one who allowed them back in. Okay, you can say that you know Roma could do better even with a two-one lead, but this is what's going to happen with. Um, you know, the team, the type of team we have, and De Rossi is a coach, it's going to take time, right? Rome was a build in a day. So giving up that goal just allowed Verona back in, and Roma had a tough time handling it. So uh, we have to either obviously kill the game off earlier, which we had chances. Uh, it only showed we produced uh, 0.97 XG, but I really thought Roma um, can. I thought Roma had more chances, so it was actually quite shocking to see that that statistic. But but Roma certainly could have either killed the game off earlier, or if Patricio doesn't allow it, I don't think Milan. Um, sorry, 
because uh, I'm watching Milan right now. I don't think uh, Hellas Verona, um, you know, make it closer at the end. But he's he's got to not make that mistake. Maybe might be a time for VR, Scott. I mean, I, I think he's improved a lot this season from what we've seen playing. And if this keeps happening, it might be mm-hmm. his turn to be the starting keeper. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think that Roman will be looking for a new keeper in the summer because Patricia's only got, what, six months and ten days left on his contract? Yeah, they so, definitely will. Well, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way they're not going to look for a new keeper unless they think CR is ready. True, very true. Uh, I'm just looking at some Roma stats at the game. I am on who scored. I saw that Roma had uh, over 595 passes. Yeah, they did. I couldn't even remember. Scott, honestly, I couldn't. And we had 60. We had six. I know we ended with 62, 63 percent, but we had 60 nearly the entire game, like 60 and upwards. Which again, I haven't seen that in forever. So it was a truly, truly brilliant first half. But. I, that's what I'm saying is the hope and potential is there that we can sort of play this way. We did drop off with also, uh, besides just the fitness levels, having uh, players like Dybala come off and Zaleski looking uh, a bit... Um, lost. Let's say, sorry? Lost. Yeah, lost. Yeah, I was going to say he's a bit... Uh, I don't know. He looked like he, he needed to go one way and he was going the other. Like, no direction of play, mm-hmm. just... He looked, yeah, he looked lost on the pitch where it was. But again, give it time. I, I, as much as we hated Spinazzola, how he's been playing, I thought he was, I thought he was actually really good until he had to get subbed, and we noticed the difference. So it was a bit of a mixture, but overall, statistic, even statistically, it looked promising with possession, controlling play. You mentioned the five hundred. You said ninety-five passes. Uh, uh, it was five. Uh, in, uh, it was 595 if you search it via Google. I am on who scored. <clears throat> I'm looking at tackles as well. Um, Pellegrini attempted 13 tackles, and I think he won eight of them. Yeah, he him too, he was improved. I'm glad you brought him up. I think our, our midfield actually helped our defense very well in terms of defending, and part of that was Pellegrini and, of course, outstanding from uh, from Bove. They, um, they, I, I found actually both of them were really good. To me, Bobe was still again, uh, probably man of the match or one of the top performers. Oh, yeah. What all he to, he gave two or the three. Words out of my mouth. Yeah, he he gave two or three brilliant passes that should have been goals. I don't know what Karzerp was doing with the layoff to Lukaku from Bobe's pass. I have no idea what he was uh, doing. Yeah. He should he needed to shoot that. One hundred percent, he needed to shoot that, and. Uh, and same that brilliant pass to Dybala, who was through on goal, but unfortunately did not get a shot off. So uh, he's just continuing to impress me how he is. But I like the midfield as a whole. I thought they played pretty well. Even Paredes, I mean, he's still defensively he's not someone you want to watch, but at least on the ball, besides a few occasions, I think he, he could have launched the ball forward quicker. Um, he, I find he was controlling tempo, which was uh, nice to see. And Scott, like I messaged you, I was in tears the first 25 minutes. We scored two goals. I don't remember one time where we hoofed the ball forward or oh, bombed yes. it to Lukaku's head. Yes. Oh, I was so happy to see it. I was really so happy to see that finally. It was so nice to watch. 
It was either to his feet or in the channels for him to run behind, and he even pointed quite a bit to Rick Karsdorp in the first half. Um, it was 594 passes. That was yeah. one pass out, and possession was 62%. Um, Hellas Verona had more shots, 12 to Roma's 9. Um, Roma scored with their, with their two shots on target, which is, wow, you can say what you what you feel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at least the two shots came early in the game and not, you know, in past the 80th minute. But we do need to test goalkeepers more uh, in the future. But I, again, we had shots that even if we didn't test the keeper, we either shot them over or just the last, let's say the last action of play just didn't come off, but it was at least close. So um, we definitely need to improve, though, in that area. We need to get more bodies in the box. We have to attack more, which, I mean... You, you mentioned it. We we went the ball to Lukaku's feet more. We went to, through the channels more. So, again, there, there's definitely certain things to work on. Another thing I wanted to mention was even De Rossi's subs. I think he'll learn to get those better. I don't think he was, you know, he did anything brilliant on the sub. I mean, too, he was kind of forced. But I, I think he, he'll be able to do a better job. Like, he can learn or make mistakes against these teams because I, I think we'll be still be good enough to at least beat them and it showed but it's the big teams where you have to get it absolutely right but I mean he'll improve on that I think the team um, overall will improve and um, I wanted to mention his quote from that press conference I have it I was looking for it as we were talking um, the one thing that really caught my eye he says if you control the the ball with ball possession slowly others will kill you if you do it with speed i think we'll have fun with the players we have so just the mindset of having that is really refreshing to see that he wants to you know have the ball and play quick and be daring going forward so i'm really uh excited i don't th i still don't think you know we'll get all of our goals that we want maybe we'll come close maybe we won't but at least we'll have some sort of entertainment until the end of the season yeah, I agree. Um, hindsight, the run-in, as we all said on the previous pod, me, you and Daniel were talking about it, the run-in is quite gentle up until Inter and a little bit after. Would you agree with that? So he has time to work, put his yeah. stamp, his authority on the team? Yeah, absolutely. I think this, the schedule, the run-in of matches are great for him, I think. We don't have anybody tough. We don't have any. I don't think there are any tricky games. Uh, Salernitana. I mean, they're, they're bottom of the table. Uh, Frosinone. We should be able to beat them. I know Inter's in between, but I can't, we can't have all, you know, against uh, play all the bad teams right away. So um, I'm missing one game that we have at home. That's not a tricky game either. Uh, there is one game I'm forgetting. Calorie. Calorie. Yeah. So we have Calorie at home. Um, Frosinone away, Salernitana away. So those are games we we definitely could in or could win, and we should win. And we have I know Inter in that mix as well, and so and Feyenoord for the European Cup. So it's not it's not a grueling schedule like it was the end of December. So it'll give De Rossi time to work with this team and to see where we can go from there. Um, so overall, not a bad start just need some stuff to work on in the second half yeah absolutely i think uh de rossi and some of the players 
um kind of well they definitely know this and you can kind of see with with the uh, post-match interview that they're they're aware of this and they just they just really if they can find a way to focus um not even 90 i mean all teams 90 you know 90 minutes every single game is very tough but if you can do this majority of the matches you'll win majority of the matches so it just um they got to turn the sometimes maybe good and sometimes maybe shit and just sometimes maybe good and just again make it good again so um i think it's something they'll definitely work on uh for the future and de rossi's gonna work tirelessly he loves roma he he's gonna want this to work out for him and for the team so he'll do anything to improve uh you know their weak points and um make sure they play a complete game from game in game out yeah completely agree um i don't think i have anything else to add do you have anything else to add no no that's that's all for me just a good showing today and hopefully it continues um, are you still watching AC Milan in the background? Yes, uh, Samarjic just scored, but I don't know if you were going to mention about the Magnan incident. Uh, I've just read about it on social media. Yeah, um, I haven't got my TV. I won't watch the game, but I've just heard that. Um, did he actually walk off? Did the players yeah, actually? Yeah, walk he off? did. Yes. He went to the locker room. Supposedly, he told the referee about the uh, the incident about the racial abuse, and then. I guess it continued and he just walked off the pitch and they had to get him all back on. And then they came back on and now Samarjic just scored, but that's just awful. Like really, like, I don't know when racism is ever going to stop and not just, obviously it happens all, all over the world, but in football, like if, if there's one area, like to improve, at least improve it somewhere and it's just not, and it's just, it's disgusting to see, and I, I feel bad for Magnon, really, but uh, he has every right to walk off that pitch. So uh, I didn't hear any words because I, I don't have any volume, but still it's 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 something we were trying to get out of the game, and it still unfortunately has to appear from time to time. It's a sad indictment, and we're in 2024, and this still happens. It's quite poor. And it's quite sad also. Um I don't think I have anything else to add because I probably will go on a massive rant because it's just I've seen it uh, while watching on TV. Like like Lukaku was directly abused by Beanham fans and Lazio fans this year, but to hear about Mike Manuel, he made he did the right choice. It was like Balotelli did against Hellas Verona a few years ago. But no, to be honest, Joey, nothing will be done. It's twenty twenty four FIGC. And the Italian Football Federation will just give Udinese a um, a stupid solitary two thousand euro fine like they usually do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's disgusting to see. You know what, Scott? And it's um, not even a, a a racial incident, but uh, that reminded me. I, I found it absolutely disgusting, disgusting choice that they made. To uh, give a fine to the Lazio fan that threw the water bo the oh, bottle yes. at Solve. Yeah, I saw that. Was it 167 euros? Yeah. What is that? The the guy literally threw an item that can harm a player. It was a bottle of beer. It was an open bottle. Of, well, there's no top on beers if you get them in in, in the uh, Italian grounds. Um, unlike in England, you can't drink in the ground. In Italy, you can because you've got the vendors. That walk around the ground in the Stadio Olimpico, they sell crisps, or you call it chips, uh, crisps, 
uh, soft drinks like cans of Coke and stuff, or bottles of Coke and then beer. And and it was what uh, an open bottle of beer. It hit him and almost hit him in the side of the head. Well, hit him on the shoulder, I think, and then he gets fined 167 euros. It's baffling. It is. I think if Bove made, that's the thing. If Bove made more of a meal of it, I think something worse could happen. But the fact that he didn't, um, which is right from Bove. I mean, you know, you're a professional. Just let it go. It's fine. Nothing happens. I mean, 167 euro. Uh, that to me is just disgusting. And same thing. What we're gonna see here. It's you're gonna get a slap on the wrist, a fine. For the Udinese fan, ban him for a game, and again, it's going to continue. It's just, it's terrible. That's why I said the FIGC, the run, the ran by dinosaurs, really. Yeah. Is. It's just, it's terrible. Um, what's his name? Complains about him all the time, Nima, and he's absolutely oh, yeah, right. He does. he does, yeah, yeah. The ran, it's ran by dinosaurs, Scott. Really, it is. It's been like that for years. We've seen. It's not an isolated incident either. It's been. It's. It's occurring more think frequently than it should be um i i think that's pretty much it joey uh, i wanted to do a quick short snappy half hour pod um roma win finally for the first time in Serie A in 2024 since the napoli game that was four weeks ago yeah that was a good month it's been a wild a wild month before we got our first win <laughs> But they're up to the dizzy heights of eighth, but there's two points from fourth to eighth, and there's only six Serie A games this weekend due to the Super Coppa Italiana, which, if my memory serves me, is a final between Napoli and Inter. And that's yeah. on Monday, isn't it? It is, yeah. Inter uh, ended up beating Lazio 3-0, 3-0 and I think eight. Napoli had the same scoreline yeah. against Fiorentina. Did you see, though, the Napoli-Fiorentina game, Scott, that was... There was barely nine thousand people in the stands. They were I've calling seen, it. Yeah, I've they were calling more. it disgraceful. Then no one wanted to watch them play. It I've was seen more people at a League Two game this year. Yeah, <laughs> and you're, a Super you're right. Italiana semi final in. Oh yeah, yeah. No one wanted to watch them play. People. Yeah, I I don't know what reporter was saying it, but I think. He was saying something along the fans that people wanted to see more Juventus than AC Milan. And again, only 9,000 and change maybe people showed up to the game. That was it. Nothing. It was completely empty. Did you see the poster? Which one? There's a poster which Carlo put out. Of, I did not yeah. see it. Yeah, it's the... <laughs> so it's the Super... Coppa Italiana on CBS Sports, 18th to 22nd of January. In the picture, you've got Paolo Dybala, Victor Osserman, uh, is that Dusan Vlaovic? Yeah, Dusan Vlaovic, uh, Lataro Martinez, and Christian Pulisic. Out of those players, who's actually there? Lataro and uh, Osiman. The other three aren't. They're uh, not even participating. It's just, it's just one. What's going on at the moment in the continent of Africa? Oh, yeah, because he's at AFCON. You're right. So he's it is just Afghan. one. It's just Lataro. It's yeah. just Lataro. And uh, Carlo saw that. And it was the CBS um, poster 
or billboard or whatever they call it. I called it earlier. The marketing image of Serie A has just gone completely down the drain. <laughs> There's four uh, teams in the Supercoppa Italiana. Inter, Lazio, Napoli, Fiorentina. The marketing image just shows three teams are not even there. Juventus, Roma and the centrepiece Milan. In addition, Napoli player Osman is at the Africa Cup of Nations. Terrible marketing. Again, ran by dinosaurs. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Let's wrap this pod up. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find our previous episodes on the website and you can follow us on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Podbean, Apple, or whatever you listening to us on. Uh, Joey, thank you so much. Thank you for joining me on this Saturday evening. Thanks, God. It was great uh, finally discussing Aroma win after a month. And just think, uh, the next Roma game is in nine days. It's on a Monday, right? It's on a Monday. Yeah. Well, nine, days, nine days and then DDR ball will be back. And then it's back-to-back Mondays. Oh, even the next week it's Monday? Yeah, the, week the after? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, it's true. We played the friendly, actually. Our next actual game is the friendly in four days. We and, played the friendly in, uh, in Riyadh. Uh, yeah, this will be a side note. Um, Jose Mourinho is in no- negotiations with the... Saudi club that Roma are playing. Is it Al Shadab? Yeah, it is. Uh, apparently, uh, Sky reported today that he gave the approval for the the go ahead, so they might actually uh, play. Mourinho might already be playing against Roma in in four days' time if they get it done in time. That's amazing. That's quite poetic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Of course, this always happens in football, right? So, can never rule anything out. The impossible becomes possible. It was either that or Napoli. I read. I think. Yeah, they... I read Napoli too. Uh, but I, I think he's gonna ultimately go to Saudi Arabia. So you guys were right. I was a little bit off. I thought he'd become an international manager, but you never we'll know. Have, we'll have to wait. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So uh, yeah, thank you, Joey. Uh, we'll be back in ten days' time <laughs> after the, the after the Roma trip to Salerno to play San Natana. Um, yeah, they've got a nice nine-day break now between games. Get on that training pitch and evolve and to get used to Daniele De Rossi's tactics. Yeah, and um, the, actually, you know what, Scott? The game in, in four days, the exhibition, will be a good a good uh, day for Marino to test some things out and try, you know, maybe players in certain areas and see what works. It's really could be a, a kind of like a testing experience for him. But no, no pod review of that game. I'm gonna. Just no, watch I'm not it. watching it. I, yeah. You, you said Mourinho, not De Rossi, though. Oh, De Rossi! Wow. Sorry, it's still in my head that we had Mourinho. It's been. I gotta take that out. It's you know two and a half years of him. So, yeah, but we're gonna see how De Rossi can test things out against um, El Shabab in Riyadh. Yeah, well, there'll be no review of that pod. I'm no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> no, it's an exhibition game. I'm not. I won't be watching. I'll keep an eye on the score, but I won't be watching. Uh, that's enough from us. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy uh, the football this weekend. We'll be back after the Sun and the Tana game in the uh, 29th. So we'll record on the Tuesday evening. Uh, take care. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Ciao. Ciao.